where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This is Season 2, Episode 6, Affairs of the Heart. I'm James. And I'm John. And this episode aired on the 10th of November, 1983. And uh, who wrote this episode, James? It was written by Heidi Pillman, so it's a Carla episode. Don't know that yet. We... Well, we do. We know. And now you do too. Good episode. I like it. It's a bit of a curveball. It's a fun one. I think uh, Season two's opening us to a lot more character storylines. They've put the groundwork in. In season one and this one, they're delving deeper into the characters. Reaping the reward. Let's start with... The cold open? Yeah. Yeah. Carla gets called cutie by a customer and she scolds him. Diane tells her that she was called honey once. Earlier tonight, a customer had the effrontery to refer to me as honey. But that makes sense. Honey is bee bark. And then Sam snorts and Diane gives him that daggers in the eyes look. And he pretends it was a snort of disapproval. That sets up. Leads directly into the episode. Yeah, it's this new character. He's flirting with Carla. And Carla's kind of pushing him away a little bit. She's suspicious. Yeah, because of past relationships. That's a big part of what I guess this episode is. It's about Carla opening up and becoming vulnerable with someone because she doesn't trust people very much. Because we know the ballad of Nick. Should we give him some backstory? Yeah, well... Nick's a sleazebag. That's it. He has a panther tattoo on his chest, which she saw through netted Netted. vests or something. He left her with four kids, and now she has five, the fifth one with him, and he still has left her. We don't prove much of Nick here. And that's why Carla isn't very trusting of uh, Hank, her, uh, what do you call it? Her her bow. Bow. Her bow. What's a bow? It's like bay, but in old speak. A bow? Yeah, B-E-A-U. So, like, is Carla the arrow? No, B-E-A-U, like, no. the start of beautiful. Oh, you. <laughs> so, Hank's Carla's Bew. And he's infatuated. He's there, called a cutie. He's never been to Cheers. Well, we haven't seen him there before, but this week he's... He's confident, isn't he? He's there all the time. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's seen Carla and he's like, this is the bar for me. And, yeah, he becomes a regular over the course of the episode. And he's quite persistent. And he gets offered advice and help by Diane. Yes, because Diane knows Carla well. Diane and Carla are best friends, you know. <laughs> They're two peas in a pod, Diane and Carla. Mm. Thelma and Louise, Diane and Carla. I mean, we know they've got lots in common. They both work in Cheers. Yep. So we found that out before. There's a nice Venn diagram we've got somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about who plays Hank? Yeah, well, who does play Hank? We've got Don Amadiola. What else has Don done? I'll tell you what Don did. He also played Dino Foresti in... Mama Malone, which is unrelated to Sam. Mama Malone. Mama Malone. It's not about Sam's mother. Do we know what it is about? Mama Malone is a TV show about Renata Malone, who is an Italian-American housewife who hosts a live cooking show from her home in a fourth-floor apartment in Brooklyn. Is it a sitcom? Oh, it sounds like a sitcom because of Wait For It. The show is constantly interrupted by a procession of zany friends, relatives, and neighbours who stream in and out of the apartment. Now, I've never heard any show which isn't a sitcom use the word zany in their description. Yeah, that, that's quite a, quite a giveaway. If it's zany, it's definitely a sitcom. He was also in Twin Peaks. Do you remember, not the new ones, the, no, the, the classic. Ones, classic vintage Twin Peaks. Do you remember Audrey works in like a apartment Lump. store? Oh, she does work in an apartment store, yeah. Uh, he, he's the owner. The sleazy ah, guy who goes to One-Eyed Jacks sometimes. They all go to One-Eyed Jacks in Twin Peaks. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Even Audrey's dad goes to One-Eyed Jacks. 
Yeah, but he, he was sleazy. Hornsby's dad was quite a weird character. Benjamin Horn. He started reenacting civil wars. He had he? a mental breakdown. They all did. <laughs> it's Twin Peaks. Anything can happen. Everything happened. So Hank was in Twin Peaks before. He also played the recurring role of Richie in It's Gary Shandling Show. Starring Whoa. Gary Shandling. He was in Gary Shandling Show? Who is Gary Shandling? Gary yeah, Shandling's a comedian. You know, in the same way that Seinfeld did Seinfeld? I think you in the same way Seinfeld did a comedian. <laughs> oh, okay. In the same way that Seinfeld did Seinfeld and George <laughs> Wendt did the George Wendt show, Gary Shandling did It's Gary Shandling Show. Was that a sitcom? Was it Zany? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Shandling Zany Show. And also, Don was in Boogie Nights as a what? bank worker. Oh, I was going to say, what did he play in Boogie Nights? He was also in Wayne's World as an announcer. I mean, I've got no other information, I'm just looking at IMDb. It sounds like Don's done quite a lot. Some minor parts in a few things, but it seems like a big role in Mama Malone. And, of course, this role in Cheers, which exactly. was highly important. It was highly important. So let's break down what happens throughout the episode. Carla opens up, she lets love in, she opens her arms, her heart, she makes herself vulnerable, she goes on some dates, and her uh, and Hank get on very well. Where do they go for the date? Diane's apartment. They go to Diane's I apartment. Mean, we, did, we predicted that, <laughs> they used this set. The way to explain they couldn't go to his was... How about your place? I told you, I'm staying with a friend and my apartment's ready. I thought it took that to mean until the set has been built. Top priority, we'll get Diane's apartment, and now it feels like they're shoehorning it in there. They only used it once already, I think, in the first episode. I don't think they've been back there since. Well, yeah, they're just finding excuses to use it, aren't they? Wherever possible, they're just going to use that set, even when it's when Carla's having a date. Yeah, they go to Diane's apartment, and Coach accidentally, on purpose, lets something slip. So Carla was very suspicious of Hank. She just let her guard down. Feared that she would uncover some deep, dark secret of his, and Coach kind of lets on that maybe Hank does have one. Cheers is a romantic bar. I mean, you take even a poor guy like Hank with this terrible problem. He comes in here, he can get a girl. A bit curveball bit worrying. Is that a sports metaphor? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I love sports, sports analogies. And, I mean, coming off the back of, like, episodes like Homicidal Ham, I'm thinking the worst. Murderer. Serial killer. <laughs> He's Andy's brother. It's Andy. <laughs> In it's disguise. Yeah. Luckily, it's not that sinister. No. Although the death is possible. Death is possible, but not Carla's. Coach reveals that Hank has a heart problem, where he can't get too excited. Yeah, or exert himself. Diane's just offered her bedroom up to Carla. Yeah, so... Sam and Diane have to rush to Diane's apartment. Now, my question is, how did they get into the apartment? Because Diane gave her keys to Carla. We've seen Sam break that door down before. Who said the hinges were fixed? The locks just aren't fixed anymore. Maybe they left it unlocked. Maybe Sam is a spare? To stop him from breaking it down again. Yeah, we know what he's like. Did this episode remind you of the movie The Apartment? What what is the movie The Apartment? The movie The Apartment is a 1960 movie starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And what happens is there is a man tries to rise in his company by letting its executives use his apartment for trysts, but complications and a romance of his own ensue. So basically, he's renting out his apartment to hire up people in his company to carry out affairs. Well, yes, it does sound like that. This episode doesn't have the exact plot, but it was reminding me of that element of renting out your apartment. But Diane said she was going to help Hank. Yeah. Help him die. She was just out for some kind of vicarious revenge after 
Almost out of hand. So it just sounds like Carla. Not as good friends as we thought. No. It's interesting you said there was a sort of parallel to the film Apartment. Because I saw an interesting sort of parallel to an episode of The Twilight Zone oh, called yeah. Perchance to Dream, which is about someone who has a heart problem and they can't fall asleep because in their dreams they dream about a fictional woman mm. uh, that excites them too much and they will die. Can't take the adrenaline. Kind of reminded me of that as well with Hank in that sort of similar condition. Is that vintage Twilight Zone? This is vintage. Yeah. This is 61. Episode 9. So back in 1959, it would have yeah, been. Yeah, 59. The good era of Twilight Zone. I haven't watched the new You're series. You're not a fan of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. I, I watched half an episode. I don't really have the right channels. Yeah, we don't have CBS over here. Only way we are watching all of these shows episodes is DVD. Available from all good retailers. And some bad ones. And some bad ones. <laughs> Might be in some charity shops as well. Who knows? Might be on VCR. Oh, definitely. I'm watching it exclusively on VCR. For the true experience. You want the original cuts. Sam, with all his sleaziness. <laughs> None of those reduced sleaze nonsense. Good sort of compressed audio quality, <laughs> where the theme tune is horrible. You want the video hiss? Yeah, wavy lines as well. <laughs> There's quite a few themes in this episode that they explore, because when they go to the apartment, mm. Hank does admit his heart problem, and Carla breaks up with him because, although she cares for him, she wants a physical aspect to her relationship as well. She, she kind of got proven right, though, you know? Which is a shame. Yeah. She asks him, which I thought was beautiful, why did you agree to go on this date with me if it could have killed you? And he says, How could I not? Carla, I've been so careful for so long. And then I met you and I just didn't care. The more I got to know you, the more I wanted to take the risk. Which I thought was beautiful. Mm. A somber end to the episode, really. Both care a lot about each other, but can't really be together. But then maybe it was, if he was honest, maybe it would have went differently. It's a shame. But as a result, the themes that it explores are that the effect of various physical and mental conditions on relationships, they have a profound effect. Trust as well. Yeah. You need to trust people and uh, a big thing comes out, you know, it can destroy something good. Yeah, it's good to let your partner know that you might die. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably... Uh, <laughs> That's a first date thing. Maybe that's pre-date, I think. I could die. Another one, uh, loneliness. Hank comes in quite lonely. We've heard quotes before of loneliness is a, a thing best shared. Kind of fits in with that kind of running theme. People coming into bars looking for friendship, a place mm. where everybody knows their name, to lessen the load of the problems that they've got. What I would have liked to see, and I hope that Hank comes back, because it would be nice if Carla had a former lover or someone that she dated which she was on good terms with, and I'd like to see Hank come back and him and Carla just be good friends. Come back and he's got, like, super serum. He's cured. It's Captain America. Yeah. I would like to see him come back and, you know, have a relationship between him and Carla where just really care and support and trust each other, mm. but not necessarily are romantically involved. I think that would be quite a pleasant thing to see for Khan. I think she had a hard life and I think that would be something that she deserves. Something she needs as well. Yeah. Saying that, she's got a good support network. Her yeah. friends are there for her. Even Diane in this episode had the best of intentions to actually find yeah. Carla some happiness. So it's a nice one for that. I guess another thing that's happening in the bar is uh, the sort of B story. Sam has put the price of beer up. Yeah, and Norm's not too pleased. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really good scene where Sam, or I think Cliff in the end tells Norm, Cliff says, 
Samuel only like soften the blow kind of thing and Norm reaches for his pocket and Coach just runs going he's got a gun <laughs> Coach is scarred from a homicidal hand yeah no, he's scarred from a lot but uh, Norm pulls out his calculator and works out his sort of suds allowance I think he calls it yeah. how much he can spend on his beer he'll have to slow down then uh, downs a pint <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a nice sort of beeline plot that comes yeah. in and out a bit I did the maths because I'm a nerd and he says that he's increased his beer by 25 sense. Mm-hmm. And Norm calculates that he will have to reduce his drinking by 8.7%. Yeah. Using these two figures, this is like countdown on radio, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> using these two figures, I figured that Sam's new price for draft beer is $2.87, which is still okay. That's without adjusting for inflation. I imagine now it's $10. Yeah. <laughs> I think a, a while ago we said a pint was 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Normal was like 10 seconds. Though in fairness, he did drink it slower than the last time we saw him down a pint, which he did in one gulp. In that, like, uh, the train of pints, he kept coming back and forth. In total, a 30 second scene, he had about seven pints. But he's cutting back, new man, it'd be fine. He's running on London time this episode, <laughs> just to get more pints in. He says he has to have one every half hour. How long is he drinking to? Until it closes, usually. Which is and then two. So that's not coming back much. No. <laughs> well, he's unemployed as well, so he doesn't. it's not that he arrives after work. I'm sure we'll have lots more fun stuff come up for Norm across this series. <laughs> he's on to a win with this one. Season two is the season of Norm. It just gets worse and worse for him, doesn't it? The book of Norman. We know what that sound means. It sounds like the door. I guess that's mail time. It's mail time. It's trivia time. Got some tasty trivia today. Who should go first, James? you want to open one of these up? Yeah. One of the reasons that Norman Cliff convinced Carla to go on a date with Hank is because he knows a famous sportsman. What sportsman does Hank know personally? Sam Malone. No. Well, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong, but that's not what they say. Because <laughs> uh, Carla also knows that. I, I don't know, James. A Red Sox. Yeah, it is a Red Sox. Sports. It was Yaz, is what they say, or Carl Yaz Ustremski, who was a Red Sox left fielder who was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1989. Mm -hmm. He was the first in the Red Sox to the 400 home runs and the Red Sox all-time career leader in runs batted in. Quite the person to know. He is also the second on the all-time list for games played and third for total at-bats. So, quite the big cheese. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Carl, yes, Yastrzemski. <laughs> we talked a bit about it. Norm's had to cut back uh, this episode on his uh, beer allowance. How often is he allowed a pint? 45 minutes? No, it's not even that bad. It's every half hour he's having a pint. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I mean. If he's drinking till the end of the night, that's still a lot of pints. That's still plenty. One about Carla. Carla thinks that she always attracts men with problems or issues with them. What term does Carla use to describe herself when saying she's someone who does this? Some kind of magnet. Yes. Some kind of pig magnet. Some kind of crud magnet. Sleaze magnet. You're closest with pig. Farm animal? It's not animals you'd want on a farm. Rat magnet? Vermin magnet. Ah, that's close. Hank was no vermin. No, he was heartbroken, wasn't he? At the end of this episode. Which is just what he was fearing. Affairs of the Heart. That's the title of the episode. And now we know why. In this episode, when Coach is revealing Hank's issue, 
or secret. He doesn't want to say it outright. So Sam suggests that coach gives him a clue. What is that clue? It's the same as a former baseball player. Lefty Kramer. Lefty Kramer. Coach just goes, Lefty Kramer, and then has to elaborate and say he has the same problem as Lefty. Which I assume he's a left-hander. I assume so. Well, yeah. I assume that's not his that's, that's given not his, name. That's not his secret. <laughs> Hank was left-handed all along. How dare you keep this on us? <laughs> They're just like crudely writing with his right hand, messing everything up, spilling drinks. He's left-handed all along. Well, I've heard back in the day that when school children had to write on chalkboards, the ones who were left-handed were forced to write with their right hand because otherwise, when they wrote something on the board, they'd wipe it off with their arm as they, if they wrote with their left hand they, that's uh, what I was told by my family members who were left handed and grew up in them days they used to tie their left hands to the chair as well yeah so they couldn't use it well, it's good that lefty got over such misfortune is it an advantage being left handed in the baseball it depends on what the rest of the team is made of the way they would do it is if you're left handed you probably hit it into right I mean, field as a pitcher as well though. as a pitcher it can be an advantage because most people are right handed so it can throw them off play differently yeah Unexpected. The curveball. The curveball. The wild card. Oof, we're doing poker references. Yeah, you know, that's a spot. <laughs> All about sports here. We're your friendly neighborhood <laughs> sports podcast. Sports question. Oh no. Where were Carla and Hank sitting when watching the game against the Oilers? Front row. I'd assume so. They referred to it as spitting distance from the ah, visitor's bench. I was going to say spitting distance, but I was thinking spit or blood, and then I couldn't think of it. <laughs> Bleeding distance. Bleeding distance, yeah. yeah. I've got a classic question for you, James. This is a question that I often ask. When Norm walks into the bar and they say, how is life, Norm? What does Norm say? It's not a dog-related one again, is no, it? No, no, no. He says, ask the man who's got one. Oh. Yeah, it's depressing. I read an article about Cheers, and what they said was that for a sitcom released at the time it was released, compared to shows like Full House, Mm. which were very cheery and happy, Cheers brought a new approach which had an aspect of cynicism, Mm. and that Norm throughout the series was always that voice of cynicism, which is why Cheers was such a good show that it managed to combine the happy aspects of community and love without being incredibly preachy while also showing the gritty realism is what the article said. Well, it wasn't really sugar-coated, but uh, a familiar humour that wasn't uh, catchphrases, I guess. Yeah, Norm's the only catchphrase we know. I think that's the the final call for drinks. How are we feeling after this episode, James? You know what? I'm feeling pretty good. It's a heartfelt episode. Yeah, I just said it was sombre. Heidi Perlman written quite a nice one here quite sad in the end Hank and Carla can't be together but overall you know it's a nice one which allowed Carla to open up a bit more she got a bit more support Diane was there as well and even though price of draft beer has raised by a quarter we're still here for a drink with Noah and Cliff and all of the other patrons of Cheers but only every half hour so we hope you can join us until next time this has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name Mm -hmm.